Welcome back to Chaos in Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Thank you for joining me on this special episode as we get into an interesting topic that I'm feeling super fired up about. And at this moment, as I just speak with you and kind of go on a rant, know that my intention is to, to just inspire and to revitalize what this podcast was born for because I'm feeling rather confirmed, if that's the best word I can use. You're joining me today and I'm hanging out. You might hear some conversations and maybe some noise. It is the 4th of July. My block, my neighborhood is having a block party. I will be participating soon enough, hanging out with my neighbor and just enjoying the night and watching some fireworks. But I cannot let this opportunity go by without speaking about the Presbyterian Revolution. I didn't know this. I honestly didn't know this. But this right here has me so fired up. So I am going to be doing some reading uh, and maybe give some commentary. Who knows? I don't know the intention of this episode. It's special. I'm sitting here. I'm enjoying the nice, fine craft beer. And I'm just, uh, I'm just taking this all in. So what I'm going to read is something called The Black Robed Regiment by Dan Fisher. It's a page on Facebook called Church History, literally, just like that. I'm going to read something here, and I guess I'll just provide my commentary. On Sunday morning, January 21st, 1776, Pastor John Mullenberg climbed into his pulpit in Woodstock, Virginia to preach. In his black clerical robe, the traditional dress of 18th century preachers, Mullenberg preached from the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. He read how there is a time for all things. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Then his voice began to rise as he said, There is a time for war and a time of peace. There is a time for all things, a time to preach and a time to pray, but there is also a time to fight, and that time has now come. Then he did something his congregation did not expect. He removed his clerical robe, revealing a colonial officer's uniform beneath. Mullenberg then stepped down from his pulpit and challenged the men of his congregation to join him in the fight for liberty. Just a few days before, he had been commissioned by General George Washington to raise a regiment from the Woodstock area. As Mullenberg walked down the aisle, out the door of his church, a drum began to roll outside. One by one, the men of Mullenberg's congregation filled out of the auditorium and volunteered to follow their courageous pastor. Bidding farewell to their families, some 300 men rode away from Woodstock, Virginia with Colonel John Mullenberg in the lead to form the 8th Virginia Regiment. Mullenberg led those men through the War of Independence, fighting at the battles of Morristown, Brandywine, and Monmouth Courthouse. By the war's end, Mullenberg had been promoted to Major General and had become one of Washington's most valued commanders. Mullenberg was front and center at the surrender of Cornwallis at Yorktown. Isn't that something? Isn't that something that in our culture today, in the year 2022, we are told as Christians that we need to stay out of politics, stay out of this idea and love for liberty and patriotism for one's country. We have today a misreading, a misunderstanding of Romans chapter 13. 
and abuse an abuse of Romans chapter 13 to feminize and weaken the men, the pastors, the elders, the clergymen. And such a time as this, that's not what we see in this article, is it? We're seeing a preacher, a pastor, taking up arms, preaching a message, the gospel truth message, but understanding the times that we are living in, or at least at that time they were living in. Guys, remember, America was born out of the simple fact that we were going up against tyranny. Heavy taxation from King George. That was a revolt. And today, you live in the most precious country in the world. The only country that allows us to exercise the freedom that we have right now. The freedom to speak our mind. And even the freedom to talk a lot of junk about this country. The irony of it all is that these people that truly claim they hate this country and do not want to celebrate the 4th of July because it's quote-unquote canceled are the very same people probably going to enjoy a party and a barbecue talking crap about the country in the country that allows them to do so. This is how messed up our time is today. And days like today, the 4th of July, which by the way is Independence Day, independence from England, independence from the monarchy, and most importantly, independence from tyranny. Guys, we need this. I needed to read this today because I'm so inspired. I think I mentioned this too many times on this podcast. And somehow, I'll be honest with you, my vision of this podcast has been shifting left and right. On one end, I want to talk directly to people and their own personal chaos in life. And just addressing them and helping them and guiding them with scripture and helping people to see that the chaos that they find themselves in can only be truly answered by Christ. And it is true. It is true. And I do feel a calling for that. I do feel a calling to preach. I do feel a calling to be a minister of the gospel. But when 2020 happened, it was as if I had a new sense of purpose that birthed within me. But I was somewhat ashamed of it. And I did have it a little bit confused too. You know, it became a little bit more like a cage stage conservative. It was a a strong-willed, right-sided person who was just completely angry at the tyranny that I was seeing from my own government today in 2020 at the time and, and even moving on in 2022 with what the leftists are doing, with what Democrats are trying to pursue, and with rhino Republicans are willing to allow. And I was confused. I didn't know if this was right, if the Lord himself had called me to this, but I couldn't shake this feeling. I couldn't shake the desire to want to speak into this and to stand firm and to have a conviction that it will alienate me, which I honestly believe has. I've lost a lot of friends. And what's funny is that they just completely disappeared from my life. Disconnected, far, unwilling to even engage with me anymore because I have such a zeal. Or maybe I'm just annoying. (laughs) Who knows? But this confirms something for me. And this is why history is so important to understand. Because I'm not alone in this. And I'm not wrong in this. It's not that I'm putting politics and country over God. It's because of God. 
and his truth revealed in scripture that I recognize the land that we live in is truly a grace from God with a constitution that that secures the rights that are given by God, not by government, not by legislators and politicians in Washington. They don't give us our rights. We have rights from God directly to us and our constitution protects us from tyranny from people that would try to impose their idea of their rights to take away ours that are natural to us because they're god given and we see men like mullenberg john pastor john mullenberg a preacher a presbyterian preacher who saw his time and recognized what was happening and knew that he was called to action and he boldly did so. I'll be honest with you. I don't see a lot of pastors like that these days. I really don't. I don't see the courage and the conviction to stand firm and to recognize the country that we live in. I, f- I honestly see a lot of soft pastors, scared pastors with misinterpretations of Romans 13 and having the desire to mix in with the culture. That's why this podcast was born. Because there is chaos taking place. The chaos is that we have turned over to the culture and we have given into this softness mentality, this nice guy mentality. To think that we can't be proud of the country that we live in, to think that we can't want to defend it. We can't want to be patriots for it. Excuse me, I took another sip of my beer. It's good stuff. You probably just heard that uh, firecracker. What an inspiring story to honestly just consider. I know that this land, this country, is temporary. I know that this isn't heaven. And I know that ultimately, where I'm looking forward to, the homeland that I'm headed towards, is found with Christ wherever he's at in heaven. And so the message of the gospel is first and foremost, absolutely. But the message of the gospel is, the saving grace from Christ and the scriptures and what it teaches. I've been reading it. I read it every day. I see what happens in the Old Testament. Everything, there's a lot of politics and a lot of dealing with that in there. And a lot of courageous men that would stand up for the truth of God's word. Kings, which were many from what I can read in the Old Testament, kings that were there were so many evil ones. I mean, I just got done with Second Kings, First and Second Kings. So many evil kings, as God had warned them through Samuel, when Israel wanted a king for themselves, that these kings would be evil. But when there was a time where a king who was good and who did right in the eyes of the Lord, that king would take down all the false gods and false religions and tear them down and burn them to the ground. That wasn't a worldview being issued and proclaimed and done, executed, because ultimately our king is sovereign. His name is Christ Jesus. There is a place for authority to be respected and honored that glorifies God because the government, they are a instrument of God for justice and for evildoers. And so there are certain guidelines that God has established with government that we as Christians should be humble and obey, submitting to our authorities, absolutely. But then when they cross the line 
and they start to tell us things that are completely contrary to what scripture has revealed and taught us to what God has given us and said is true, the objective truth that they completely hate. That's when we stand in defiance against that type of tyranny. That is evil and it's wicked and it's deeper than just red and blue. This is spiritual. And men like Pastor John Mullenberg, they understand that all too well. Here's another reading. James Caldwell was pastor of the First Presbyterian Church in Elizabethtown, New Jersey. Because of his strong stand for liberty and his sermons encouraging the colonists to fight, he had made himself numerous enemies. So he would step into his pulpit each Sunday wearing two pistols, placing them on the pulpit, and then proceed to preach powerful sermons about the need for Christians to stand for truth. When the war began, Caldwell became a chaplain in the colonial army. He was so hated by the British, they called him the rebel priest. <laughs> oh, man, that is some gangster stuff right there. Two pistols on the pulpit because he had developed so many enemies for being a person, a patriot, who was a calling for arms to defend their rights and freedoms. We, I don't see that today. Now, don't get me wrong, I know some pastors, and I'm blessed now because I'm attending a church with a pastor that I know has this viewpoint, so I'm blessed. I know God is aligning me up in the right with the right people. They're there, don't get me wrong, they are there. But a majority of pastors and elders, they've gone soft, man. They've gone weak. And that is a a pagan ideology seeped into the church that has just really infected men and men, bold men who stand for the truth. How can we boldly proclaim the gospel and scripture and teach it? And then when a government blatantly lies about some real obvious things, we're afraid to say otherwise. These people would preach that they would die for Christ, but a little sickness is 99.7% survivable a government says close down the church and they abide, oblige and then make others in their congregation feel bad for not obliging with them. Other pastors to, you know, feel bad because they didn't close down because they weren't doing their part because their witness was being tainted. We've come a long way, haven't we? We've come a long way. Two pistols on a pulpit, guys. That's something to really think about. Something to really think about. Let's see, what else here? On the night of April 18th, 1775, as Paul Revere was making his famous ride through the Lexington, Massachusetts countryside yelling, the British are coming. The British are coming. He was headed for a particular house, the house of Pastor Jonas Clark. Jonas Clark was a pastor in Lexington, and on Sunday afternoons after church, he and Deacon John Parker a captain from the French-Indian War had been organizing the Lexington men into a citizen army to fight the British if they invaded. On the night of April 18th, Clark had two special guests staying in his home, Samuel Adams and John Hancock. The British had heard of Adams and Hancock's whereabouts as they were marching toward Lexington to capture them. As Revere rode up to the front yard of Clark's home, Clark, Adams, and Hancock ran out to meet him. When they heard that the British were marching toward Lexington, Adams and Hancock asked Pastor Clark if the men of Lexington would fight. Clark responded, I trained them for this very hour. They would fight, and if need be, 
die. Two, under the shadow of the house of God. Oh, my God. Need be die. I've had a conversation with someone about this, too, but here's the reality. For you men out there, you know why you're so scared to defy tyrants? Because you're afraid to die. And I got news for you. You're not getting out of here alive. (laughs) I hope you know this. You are actually going to die one day. And you might think you have a plan and a certain trajectory of life that you need to get done first before that time comes. You might think that plan is yours, but my friend, you need to read Proverbs 16, 9. Man makes a plan, but it is the Lord that guides the steps. You don't know the time of your death, and neither do I. And it could be as mundane as just dying in your sleep with all the plans in the world that you had the very next day. But I don't want to take that position in my life. I mean, I don't, I'm not the one who calls when the last day is. I don't do that. The Lord has written that out. My God in heaven has it, it established and planned. And so I will live according to his purpose and his glory so I can have that fulfilled. But ultimately, if I have to make a choice to stand up for something like this, my country, freedom for not just me right now. I'm a father. I have a three-year-old. And one day she's going to grow and meet someone and maybe have her kids, which I'm praying that be the case. Kids and a family that honors and serves God, but they're going to be growing up in a potential tyrannized world. A totalitarian government that's worldwide. This is bigger than you and me. And this is the time that we are living. We were placed here for such a time as this. We need to be brave men like Pastor Clark, like Pastor John. We need to be brave men that speak the truth of God's word, absolutely, but recognize, too, the times that we live in. We are living in a time, in a time where we have a government that is hell-bent on destroying the Constitution, and the real war is against Christianity. It is against King Jesus because he is king. He does rule. And we need to recognize that. I'm going to end this pretty soon. Going to hang out with my neighbor. Enjoy the day. But I do have a passage of scripture that I desire to read for you. That I read this morning. Not knowing that I was going to record this podcast. It's found in Psalm 2. Starting in verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate on a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh, God, and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. You hear what the, the, these kings are saying? That they honestly believe that they can take the commands and the authority of God and his word and to just cast it away and throw it away, that they don't need to operate under that authority. But hear this. In verse 4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord mocks them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Who's that king? Jesus. The Lord is mocking at these rulers. He's mocking at Biden. He's mocking at Trudeau. He's laughing at Charles Schwab of the World Economic Forum. 
He laughs. The Lord mocks them. And then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his fury, saying, but as for me, I've installed my king upon Zion. Why do you think transgenderism is even rising? Why do you think this insane objective truth is being told that it's actually a lie and that by your subjective feelings, you can decide what you are? It is a blatant attack of objective truth because that is what God has established in his word. Male and female. These people, anti-God. They're not atheists. They, I believe they know he exists. I just think they hate him. And they are his enemy. I honestly believe that. Verse 7. I will surely tell of the decree of Yahweh, God. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth as your possession. It's talking about Christ here, guys. Christ rules everything here. He is king. Verse 9, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall better them like a potter's vessel. Shatter them, my apologies. Shatter them like a potter's vessel. So now, O kings, show insight. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Serve Yahweh, God, the one true God, with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way. Hear this. This is what no Christian these days want to hear, but these are facts. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. He does have a wrath. And you see that he is merciful and willing to pardon, to relent. If we would just simply repent, trust in the sovereign God and recognize it's his world. Because if not, his wrath will be soon kindled. Guys, I'm going to continue speaking on culture and politics. This podcast is a political podcast designed to take what is happening in the culture, what politics is trying to issue through it, and to direct you back to Christ because he's king. And I serve at the pleasure of the king. So, until next time, go have a happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Recognize the freedoms you have here. Love your family. Love God. Embrace one another. For tomorrow, we fight. And don't get scared of what comes. Because in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless. God bless.